powered by MPB. This is the MPB Student Council Podcast, hosted by members of MPB Student Council. To hear this episode and more, visit education.mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Media app to listen on your iPhone or Android device. Welcome to the MPB Student Council Podcast. My name is Nadia Gary, and I'm a freshman at Ocean Springs High School. Today's episode will be featuring Ms. Cunningham from my community. Good morning, Ms. Cunningham. Good morning. Today we'll be interviewing you on how you impact the Ocean Springs community in a positive way. You work as a teacher in the Ocean Springs School District. What inspired you to teach? Actually, prior to teaching, I ran a women's health program at a nursing school in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And what I realized that a lot of women that were coming to me had kids that as far as literacy goes, they could not read, they could not function. And I was like, what's going on in the school system? So I started questioning myself. I said, wait a minute, all the kids are coming through, but they can barely read, barely count. So why complain and come with a solution? So I worked on how I could transform my position from being a program manager to an educator. Looked up several programs, found one in Dallas, Texas that was looking for science teachers because my background is microbiology. So I applied for the program, got in. I've been teaching ever since. And this is actually year 17 for me. That's very interesting. Apart from your career as a teacher, you also started an organization known as Girls Are and Boys Can. May you explain what this organization does for the community? Girls Are Boys Can originally started as Girls Are STEM. It was a girls-only program that focused on STEM, highlighting STEM for young ladies. Well, after the first year's inception, it was an after-school program that I went to my administrators about wanting to bring something to the school. So my kids were like, yeah, let's do it. Because they weren't the football, basketball, whatever, and they needed something to do after school. So after doing it for one year, the boys were a little upset. So I switched it up and transformed the way, including not only the girls, but the boys as well. We exposed them to STEM. We started incorporating college trips. We did trips to museums. We had educational programs. I had speakers come in. And then COVID happened. So when mm-hmm. COVID happened, I honestly thought just like everything else, it was going to shut down since it was simply an after-school program. Well, one of the kids came to me and asked me about doing it virtually. So I said, okay, let's do it virtually. So we started surprising first responders with lunch. So we took all the funds we raised and used that on the first responders. And I was like, okay, y'all, money's running low. What's next? So I went forward and applied and got the 501c3. And now we're an official nonprofit. So we're actually not only after-school program, but we're a fully recognized nonprofit, according to the IRS. What obstacles did you face on your way to pursuing your profession? Pursuing my profession? Ugh. Education is sense. I don't care what anybody says. You can attend every program out there. It is on-job training. You will not know what it's like to be a teacher until you're actually in the classroom teaching. To go from program management, which is basically dealing with the adult side of it, to now I'm in a classroom with my own group of kids trying to incorporate science and some kind of literacy, it's a totally different atmosphere. So that was definitely a change in my life. How did you overcome some of these issues? Worked hard, leaned on mentors, people that had been teaching for years, some people that may have been familiar with my background. Also went out and built a relationship with the community. Actually, Mississippi is my third state I've taught in. I did it in Louisiana, Texas, and now I'm in Mississippi. So I always say lean on your mentors, your peers, and your community. Build those relationships with community members. So how did you overcome any mistakes, if any, along the way? Mistakes? First thing you do when you make a mistake, own it. It happens. Everybody makes mistakes. Own your mistake and figure out how you can come to some kind of resolution. But if you make the mistake and you don't want to admit that, hey, I messed up, 
then you're going to keep making the same mistakes over and over again, and no one's going to want to give you any assistance. Are there any issues you still face to this day? Funding. Because I'm a small nonprofit right now, I say right now because my plan is to grow. Funding can be a little tight. There's a lot that goes into what I do, and it takes a lot of money to do it. My most expensive thing on the budget right now is the college trips. Like this year, we have three. We were going to have four, but again, budgeting. So it's basically finances as far as a small nonprofit goes. But I'm growing. I'm trying to get some of those big funds out there so that I can incorporate more programs. Have you achieved any accolades throughout either of your careers? And what were they? Yes. I received Teacher of the Year, not only for my school, but for my district when I taught at Moss Point, Mississippi. I had Community Program of the Year from the Martin Luther King community last year. I was 100 Successful Women last year. I literally just found out I was nominated for Living Faith Out Loud. So that's an award that I'll find if I got it or not next Friday. I'm also in line to be an Anchor Awards person. I found that out on August 23rd. And I keep getting more coming in. It's just they're coming in so fast. I don't know all of them. But for the most part, yeah, I'm starting to be highlighted a little more for the work that I've done with Girls Are and Boys Can. Hmm, that's really good for you. What is your favorite thing about working in either of your professions? Seeing the light bulbs go off. And I love being in my community. I love doing work in the community. That is something that I want the community to know that I'm here and I'm here for a purpose. So I love going out there and doing the work that I do in the community. What are some soft skills that would be required to work in your job? Patience. Not everybody will see the vision that you have. Not everyone will support the vision that you have. Some people, they may have heard of you, but they may not understand what you're trying to do. Or they may look at it like, well, there's other programs like that. So what's so different? So you have to be able to communicate what it is you do so that people understand how you're different versus another organization. Well, in addition to the soft skills, what are some hard skills that would be required? Some hard skills that would be required. Besides patience, patience is a very soft skill. Some hard skills that would be required, probably networking. I'm not good with networking. I'm actually pretty introverted. So that's one of my skills I'm working on. I'm coming out of the shell now. Actually being present, trying to be everywhere at once. And I can't do that because primarily I'm an educator. So a lot of things that I want to be a part of happens while I'm in the classroom. So that's probably one of the things that networking and being everywhere at one time. Boys Our Girls Can does work with sex trafficking victims. What advice would you give to anyone facing a situation like that? Every situation is different. I'm really big on paying attention to your surroundings. Always, always, because we're in an age now where everybody's like this, so not paying attention. I say always pay attention to your surroundings. Be leery about people on the internet. Half the time you think you're talking to a 13, 14, 15-year-old, and you're not. You're talking to a grown individual. All friends are not friends. I've known of cases where the friends are the ones luring their other friends into it. So you have to be very leery about your surroundings. Pay attention to everything. And there's nothing too small for you to pay attention to. Thank you for your time, Mrs. Cunningham, and everything you do for the Ocean Springs community. If anyone wanted to reach out to you, which ways could they contact you? I am on social media, Facebook, at Girls Are and Boys Can. My number, you can reach me at 662-243-0271, or you can email me at girls, G-I-R-L-S dot A-R-E dot G-C at gmail.com. Thank you for sharing the information. You're more than welcome.
And thank you for having me. This will conclude my episode of the MPB Student Council podcast. You've been listening to the MPB Student Council podcast. To hear this episode and more, visit education.mpbonline.org or download the MPB public media app to listen on your iPhone or Android device. This podcast is hosted with love by ACAST. Thank you for tuning in. Before you go, please be sure to leave a positive review for MPB's Student Council podcast and subscribe to be the first to know when a new episode releases. See you next time.